Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of our EKN Outlap, our preview podcast. We do each uh, event as part of our EKN Trackside Live coverage. It is episode 34, February the 23rd. My name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole. And this edition of the Outlap will focus on the uh, third and fourth rounds, the second event of the 2022 Challenge of the Americas program. Uh, that event, of course, will be in Phoenix uh, this coming weekend, February 25th, 26th, and 27th. For those of you maybe new to our EK at Outlap podcast, it is a preview podcast. We'll dive in and preview all the teams. We'll go class by class, talk about current point standings. We'll talk a little bit about the, the, the numbers. We'll do a paddock pass. Really bring you up to date, uh, up to speed on everything that will happen. Kind of a, a preview to get you dialed in for the weekend's coverage. This edition of the EK and Outlap today, again, February 23rd, presented by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parallel decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parallel was born. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for the 2022 season includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28-mil opportunity model for the cadet classes, and the new the new Daytona four-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. And as I said, this Outlap podcast is preview about the uh, second event, the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas for 2022. David Cole, uh, you'll be going solo. I'm actually sitting in my hotel room right now here in St. Petersburg. I'm here for the IndyCar and Road to Indy opener uh, down in Florida. So you'll be solo out there uh, in Phoenix. Should be a good weekend, all told. 15th season for the championship and uh, rounds three and four. Should be exciting, I think, after what, what I thought was a really great weekend in Tucson. Yeah, the opening weekend in Tucson was phenomenal. You know, great racing across the board in all the different categories. Uh, we did have a number of drivers that ended up double victories on the weekend. So yeah. it's kind of established themselves as as championship leaders. But as we know, going into uh, the upcoming weekend, the, you know, some drivers going to be sitting out, not attending. So it's going to change up the championship chases in a lot of different categories. You know, some some drivers that aren't on the entry list they are coming. So a lot of different uh, scenarios going in and, and obviously weather going to be a factor for the first time possibly in, in, uh, in Phoenix. Well, you know, you'll have to update me on that because when, when we get there, because I, uh, I have not looked at the weather app yet to find out what's going on. So you can bring me up to speed on that for sure. Phoenix uh, car racing association, a track that's been around for a long time. I want to say David, probably 25 plus years uh, for that facility, maybe even more, maybe 30 years actually for that track. I'd love to get to, to dive a little deeper. I know I first went there in two, uh, 1999 for the Supercarts USA promoto tour opener. So you and I have been going to Phoenix for many, many years. Obviously, Phoenix is a fantastic city, uh, great hotels. Um, you know, Andy Saisman and the crew, Angel Mata, does an awesome job bringing in the food trucks, all part of kind of the atmosphere of the challenge. Uh, this particular racetrack, though, running in the clockwise direction, David, the big, long run down the straightaway uh, into the Daytona right-hander, the, the bank right-hand corner, into the off-camber, and then turns what will be two and three. Uh, Three-quarters of a mile, 12 turns in total. And yeah, finally, look at your notes, established in 1982. Yeah, that's what's on the website. Obviously, it wasn't uh, more prominent until the late 90s, I think, yeah. uh, national, right? nationally. Uh, yeah, that's something I'd like to learn more about the, the 80s hit and early 90s history of PKRA, for sure. Yeah, like lay, what was it, what was the layout, right? Who started it? Let's that's you know what? There you go. A little, little I'll grab my notebook. <laughs> history of Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> do a deep dive. Oh, I like that. It's a great call. But yeah, um, a cool thing about the track, Dave, and there's not a lot of these tracks anymore, really, in our sport. It's it's a club owned and run facility, right? Yeah, that's the unique part of the facility. It's not privately owned. It's it's run and and run by members of the club, you know, all volunteer work. Nobody's paid aside from, you know, maybe some corner workers here and there or different staff uh, that need, that needs to be uh, brought in to help put on events, but it's primarily, you know, volunteers that put in the time and effort, you know, obviously companies that put in, uh, you know, donations and help with, you know, the lighting that they have and, and pavement that they've done recently. That's one thing we'll be, uh, you know, noting in our paddock insider once we get trackside is, is the actual updates that they did since the last time we were there in Phoenix. Awesome. Uh, again, we talked about the, the, the history of this racetrack. It's been around a long time. 
And David, the challenge of the Americas, it's really been kind of a core track for that, for that uh, series, you know, dating back to 2009, uh, 12th different time. The challenge has visited uh, PKRA. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of challenge races at PKRA. So it's, it is a, uh, unofficial home, as you could say, probably more times than Cal speeds used. So, uh, I would say PKRA is kind of the unofficial home of the challenge. Uh, even the California Rock Championship during the COVID uh, scenarios in 2020 uh, actually went to PKRA because it was the facility was open, was able to be utilized. And so they opened up the season there. And uh, so it's kind of just been that facility that uh, that people love to go to and people can utilize year in, year out. Dave, before we touch on the event schedule, let's just have a little talk about the character of the racetrack. As I had said before, three quarters of a mile, 12 co- corners. I kind of gave... You know, the big run down the straightaway, the cool thing about this track and in driving it back in the day, doing some of our, our test runs for Shifter Card Illustrated, the straightaway is, is super long because you come out of, I'm not even sure what corner, I guess it would be turn number 12 and that or turn number 11, the, the right hand hairpin. The, the straightaway is super, super long, but it, it's that flat out kind of kink, right? That is that, you know, it's that one of the one of the uh, character character parts of the racetrack, the trademark corner is that kink in the middle of the back straightaway where you got to hold it flat out, you know, get through that corner, then come all the way down into Daytona. What I like about the racetrack is there's such a unique flavor of the track, you know, banked off camber, a little downhill run, you know, the S's section. There's just so much to offer. I think at Phoenix. Yeah. The S's section is very key. Getting through there fast sets you up into the hairpin. And then if you get out of the hairpin, well, you got to get through that kink down that long straightaway into the banking uh, turn, uh, turn, which would be turn 10. Yeah. So it's, oh, yeah, and again, be, that's right. It'll be turn 10, right? I forgot. It's a <laughs> lot of, yeah, they consider it 12 turns on their, on their diagram. I look at it as 14, but that's, that's because I call the kink a corner and other <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, yeah, it's just, it has a lot of different uniqueness, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very physical track. I think that's the one thing that's different yeah. from Tucson. Tucson is a very flowing racetrack. This is a little bit more demanding, a little bit more physical. So it, it's kind of that that blue collar type of track. <laughs> well, again, David, we were we surprised ourselves, and you surprised me with it having down there. 1982. We're talking about a track that's 40 years old. That's one of the other things. It's a little more narrow than some of the tracks would have, would have been built now, right? It's a it's a it's a you know early 80s, mid 80s period track where uh, we you know, we weren't running 55 inch go karts. So everything's a little tighter than than uh, than Tucson as well. It, yeah, it is. Uh, it, I guess, you know, again, it's a two lane cart track. You don't see a lot of three wide action, yep. uh, maybe coming off the banking, depending on, you know, how things shake out. That's probably the <laughs> widest. That really probably is the, probably the widest part, but then it narrows back down before you get to the apex. So, yeah, true. um, and then coming up to the checkered flag where there's a little extension because you all, it's a multi-configuration race court, race circuit or f- facility. So, there's a lot of pavement sections that aren't utilized for the actual circuit we're using, but it provides some some extra room and some some exit points or entry points. So it's a lot of again, it's a very unique racetrack. And like you said, it is a bit narrower than the typical racetrack that's being constructed over the last you know 10 to 15 years. But but again, there are a lot of great passing opportunities at this cir- circuit. Agreed, hundred percent. And uh, unlike some of the other tracks in, in the uh, in the country now, there's definitely no worry about track limits. When you when you go off the racetrack at Phoenix, you know <laughs> you know it because it, it's out in the desert, right? So it's it's dirt and gravel when you go off the track. That that is a key element. Yes, it's either not very. I mean, I'm looking at the the photo of the racetrack. There's a lot of a little bit of green in there, but yeah, it's mostly dirt that you're going to go in. Let's have a look at the event schedule. Uh, unofficial practice being run on Wednesday and 30, Thursday by the racetrack. Uh, official practice starting on Friday. And David, you, you and I are big fans, of course, of the way Andy does his his practice. Three eight-minute sessions, a longer 12-minute session, then the hot pit pre-qualifying time practice, 17 minutes in total to cap off the day. really gives, number one, the opportunity for uh, – drivers to get into a long run if they want, right? More of a, you know, a heat, a pre-final or a final simulation, or they can turn around and use it as a, as a real testing session where you're getting out there, coming in, making minor changes and getting back out. And that's kind of cool for the atmosphere because we do have a lot of fun during that, during that session, right? That hot pit session with guys coming into pit lane. 
Yeah, it's just interesting to see the type of changes that people are making. You, I recall seeing last month people making carburetor change, you know, yeah. where they're jetted differently. So it's boom, boom, you know, on, on and off with one carburetor and on with the other. Uh, you know, tire width or tire pressure obviously is a big factor uh, at any racetrack you go to. But, you know, you can make some tire width difference. You can make some some front end adjustments, a lot of different don't see too much gearing adjustments. Uh, so mostly mostly uh, geometric uh, changes or or a, a fuel supply change. Yeah, you know, one of the things I saw quite a bit at, at Tucson were guys pulling off the seat struts. You know, they, they may try to soften, soften it up a little bit and guys pull maybe the front bar out if the chassis had a front bar. I saw some of that. We saw some front geometry changes. And, of course, yeah. tire pressure, like you said. Yeah, again, nothing. Again, I, I think I saw maybe some people put some new tires on during the session once. I don't think it quite worked out for them. But again, <laughs> you have the that's the great thing about the open open pit lane is you have the opportunity, boom, try and lay down a couple fast laps. And if you if you're trying to get, you know, a good qualifying sim, that's the time to do it, uh, have the opportunity to do it multiple times. What's the uh, event schedule look like for Saturday and Sunday? Again, your typical warm-up qualifying pre-final and final. The pre-final laps are 14 with 11 for the cadet divisions. The main events will be 20 laps with 16 laps for the cadet divisions. That'll be both Saturday round three and Sunday round four. All right, folks, we are underway with this edition of the EKN Outlap. It's February 23rd, and David and I taking a deep dive into the uh, third and fourth rounds, second event of this year's challenge of the americas which will take place in phoenix arizona we get back after this break we'll have a look at the numbers and I'll let you know what's going on in terms of entries uh and we'll give you some deep dive there then of course after that we'll jump into the class preview stay with us more to come here on the ekn radio network fast fair and fun ignite spec carding offers you all of that at an affordable price and the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes utilize the same Ignite K3 kart, which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country, and on all the Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, is available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and Drive services, kart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Welcome back to episode 34 of our EKN Outlap podcast. As we uh, have a look now at uh, the super, the uh, rather the Challenge of the Americas round number two of uh, the essentially third and fourth rounds, event number two of the series. This edition of the Outlap brought to you by Peril in USA. And time to dive now into the by the numbers, David. Let's have a look at the numbers here in terms, you know. 
when we look at by the numbers, we look at what happened last year. We look at you know top entries. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of growth and, and kind of steady growth, not huge growth, but steady and consistent growth with the challenge of the Americas uh, coming off a, a weekend where they started or a year when they started at Tucson with 129 entries. Yeah, it's a it was a good number to start off with for Tucson. Certainly a uh, an improvement, something that, that probably the biggest uh, fields we've seen at Tucson. Uh, so that's that's the positive moving forward. Uh, now heading into to, or to Phoenix again, it's the second event, which typically we didn't see Phoenix as the we normally see Phoenix as the opener yeah. when we include Cal Speed. So that's kind of the change where this is a second event. So you're going to get some drop offs in terms of people only looking at the opening event, or you're going to get some local numbers coming in because they race at Phoenix and the, this is their home track and they want to race it. So the, the, the variables are all over the place in terms of uh, the ups and downs and of the overall numbers. But, you know, when you look at it, 122 going into the weekend after 129 total from Tucson, it, it should elevate to just above that with probably some walk-ups either local or those who were just late and not entered on time. So, Hopefully, we'll get uh, above that 130 mark. Yeah, I, I would think – I'm thinking 135, just knowing there's a couple of guys I looked at on the, on the uh, entry list. I wouldn't be surprised to see 135. We do seem to get a number of walk-ups. And again, one thing that Tucson doesn't have that Phoenix does, as you said, was a local program, right? There's not that, you know, 100-whatever drivers that race regularly at Tucson. So potentially, you can get some PKRA guys that will just enter at the racetrack. 122 pre-entries coming in uh, last year at PKRA, 130 in total. So if they find themselves at 135, 140, it's still a victory. I'm sure that Andy would like to have got over that 140 mark. Uh, one thing we will bring up, David, and I know you have in your notes, uh, a couple more Canadians. We haven't seen the big Canadian support like we have in ma many years past. Eight Canadians in total, uh, up though from th only three at Tucson. Yeah, that's a positive. You know, that's where we want to see that number continue to grow because, again, this is an international program, and that's been one of the the key elements of the challenge is all the Canadians coming down to race during the winter months. And unfortunately, you know, the COVID pandemic continues on. You know, looking at you know news items and other things, you know, slowly it's it numbers are going back down. Obviously, we had that peak during December and January, and, and thankfully numbers are going back down, but restrictions are a little bit still there in terms of crossing the borders. You know, obviously got to have your vaccinations or your negative tests. So it, it's a little, still a little bit of a hassle to, to be able to go back and forth and could be one of the reasons why we're not seeing as many uh, Canadians coming back down to the challenge, but uh, hopefully that'll, that'll change in the future. But again, the numbers going up at least up to eight now. Yeah, it may help for Sonoma. Uh, actually, in Canada, the to, to be able to get back to Canada, things are actually changing on February 28th, which will be the Monday after the race. Of course, this was just kind of announced uh, in in the past for, for the past what two years essentially. We've had to coming back to the uh, back to Canada. We've had to get a negative PCR test within three days of your travel. Uh, now the PCR test still works, but you're also now coming into March able to get just a rapid antigen test, which is a lot cheaper. Uh, for those trying to travel, uh, that rapid antigen test needs to be done within 24 hours. But of course, you can get the results within an hour, you know, a couple hours after getting that. So uh, takes a little takes a little bit of pressure off you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it actually does. Yeah, yeah, 100 uh, percent. So let's have a look now at the numbers. We said 122 pre-entries. We've already connected with a couple of drivers who are not on the pre-entry list who have told us that they're coming. And again, uh, it will always boggle our mind that people don't get pre-entered to save that money, but it does happen sometimes. A little increase, adding a driver in micro up to five, adding a driver in mini as well up to uh, 19. So a total of 24 drivers in the cadet categories. That'll be a great field as they are run together and scored separately at the Challenge of the Americas. Uh, the same junior rock driver, Tristan Murphy, running again as the only junior rock driver. Three senior rock guys look like they're signed up, David. We had really none at... at uh, uh, at Tucson, and again, part and parcel of this weird phenomenon we've talked about throughout the start of the season, maybe a little bit last year, that there just really aren't a lot of drivers running the 125cc liquid-cooled tag program on the West Coast. Yeah, specifically on the West Coast, that's where we've mm -hmm. kind of seen the decline and and moves toward the 100cc region or categories uh, across the board. So that's uh, kind of where the numbers are shifting, especially at the challenge. 
Um, up down a couple in Masters Rock to seven. We could see maybe a couple more there on the on the uh, uh, the trackside entry. Uh, Rock Shifter down from nineteen to seventeen. One of of course the big uh, the big guys that will be missing is the winner from Tucson. Double winner uh, Kyle Wick uh, electing not to come to. Uh, the event in Phoenix. The shocker for me, David. Uh, let's let's do this. I'll go to the shocker in a second. Uh, senior hundred CC up a couple, uh, which is great. Uh, Masters hundred CC dropping just one. And again, wait for a late a late entry. Hundred CC junior dropping just two. So pretty much static in terms of the hundred CC categories. Uh, really, all total down just one in total. It was just ten drivers in the in the shifter Masters Rock class that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I know we'll look more at that when we go class by class, but you know the, the the shifter classes have been strong, and literally you you go add those seven back up again, and you're looking at potentially getting to 140. That was for, for me the only ten drivers in, in the shifter masters class. Quite a shock. Yeah, essentially across the board, it's the same amount of numbers as you already ran through, and so yeah. that's the that's the big difference that we do see. And there's a number of drivers not on the entry list that were in Tucson. Uh, and we haven't seen any new numbers come in. So that's that's really where the drop is. And, and you know, we'll we'll get into it later. But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, some again, drivers have different schedules. Some are going for the full season. Some are just only hitting racetracks or, or events that they want to hit uh, throughout the 2022 season. So, David, let's talk weather right now. Uh, it's just almost 11 o'clock here my time, 8 o'clock in Phoenix right now. And it's actually going to be raining all day, it looks like, in Phoenix here today. Two-hour difference, so almost 9 o'clock. Okay, almost 9 o'clock. So it's raining there right now. I look at my I look at my phone, and I've got sun on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What, do you have a little, something a little bit different? No, it's just you know, rain. It's raining there right now. That was that was my big uh, big thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we uh, we haven't seen. We did see rain last year at the opener. It was just a little bit, just enough to make the track wet. Uh, but certainly, teams are already getting there, getting set up. So it could be a little bit of a wet day setup for them yeah, if they're not set true. up already. That's so that kind of sucks. But we're getting cooler temperatures than normal. I mean, you think February in Arizona, it's going to be eighty degrees and sunny, right? But it's uh, you know a high of seventy four on Sunday with uh, mostly cloudy skies. So uh, not the typical weather yeah. that you know. I looked at all my Facebook memories, and it's me in shorts and That's right. bright sunshine in Phoenix over the last, this last month, and I quite haven't uh, not seeing that too much on the weather. So even down in the uh, the high thirties on Friday night. So yeah, exactly. Sixty six is a high on Friday. Seventy on Saturday. Seventy five on Sunday. Literally the next week, it goes back to the mid you know mid to high eighties. So an unseasonably cool weekend, like you said, Dave. We've been there at one hundred and four too right uh, but that was of course in may but yeah, yeah you're right you, we, we get high 80s high 80s on a regular basis in phoenix this will be honestly it'll be a really comfortable weekend it'll be actually almost perfect uh, yeah it'll be perfect. it'll be good for the drivers that are not going to overheat uh with with warm masters temperatures drivers. yeah especially the masters drivers you know guys doing double duty like soft shell and yeah, uh, okay. other ones like that but yeah so um it'll be interesting to see how it plays out you know, right. hopefully, hopefully the rain is only hitting today. That's yeah. that's the key thing. And let's hope it dries up enough. You don't want to be in like just muck everywhere, right? It, it's going to be raining all day. It, it could make for an interesting uh, uh, ground situation when you get there <laughs> yep. uh, to, to, to Phoenix. Well, all at right. least there'll be no dust. <laughs> you know what, David? You know what? You have turned into more of a glass half full kind of guy. I'm trying. I'm trying I, to be. It's I, it's visible. I can feel it. Good for you. Uh, indeed, yeah, a lot less dust. Good call. Uh, when we get back after this break, we'll dive into our class previews. We'll have a look at the Shifter Rock and Shifter Masters Rock. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Trader Evans, Pruitt, Haddock, McMurray. Carding legends are created here at the Quincy Grand Prix. This is Randy Kugler, the voice of this iconic event. The Quincy Grand Prix returned in June of 2021, a year after being postponed in 2020 due to the coronavirus pandemic. The park is back again this year, bigger and better than ever. So mark the June 11th and 12th weekend on your calendar, and we'll see you there. On that gorgeous late spring weekend, for the 34th time since 1970, competition carts will once again rip around the spectacular and beautiful 1.2-mile circuit set inside the South Park of Quincy, Illinois. This is your chance to race in front of over 15,000 spectators. The 2022 edition of the Quincy Grand Prix marks the 52nd anniversary 
of the first time Carter's raced around this historic venue. To celebrate the event, a total cash purse of $10,000 will be paid out over the four pro classes competing on the weekend. A total of 11 categories will be competing for the unique trophy given to all race winners, the Gussie, designed and named after the original race founder, Gus Trader. Registration is now open, so don't wait and enter now at QuincyGrandPrix.com and become legendary. We'll see you at the park. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to our Challenge of the Americas edition of the EKN Outlap podcast, where we take a deep dive uh, into a preview of the event coming up this weekend, all part of our EK and Trackside Live coverage presented by Cooper Tires. Uh, Rob Howard alongside David Cole, and of course, rounds three and four of the Challenge of the Americas for 2022 coming up this weekend. David, let's have a look at the Shifter Rock category, 17 pre-entries in total. Uh, last year's champion, Kyle Wick, coming out of the gate with uh, two wins at Tucson uh, to be able to get the point lead. Uh, but man, uh, crazy to think that he won't be actually here uh, this weekend. Yeah. He confirmed that during our drive of the month article that we published, uh, last week. Yes. Last week, uh, that he will not be in Phoenix. You know, he's focused more so on the Scusa pro tour for the 2022 season. So, uh, I, I assume they're just skipping the Phoenix round just so that way they're not, uh, you know, either racked or have any kind of, have any, any kind of issues that might, uh, uh, not, uh, prevent him from going to uh, to NOLA, which is basically a month away. So it's just just the fact uh, it just didn't work out. I, we would have liked to have seen him there. It would have been a good, uh, I think it would have been a good, again, another good testing run for him, keep him in shape and keep him going. Because again, that that uh, PKRA facility is a, it puts puts the driver to the, uh, the challenge, but uh, not going to be there. So that kind of opens up things for the championship. Well, also, listen, Is it, it's Challenge of the Americas finale in Sonoma is the end of March. The following weekend is the Winter Nationals for Scusa at NOLA. Is it, you think maybe it's also part of, hey, listen, if we go to Phoenix and do well, the temptation is going to be then to go to Sonoma to try to win the championship. And then we're missing out on what would have been a test weekend. Because I think there's a test weekend uh, that, that weekend. Or, or uh, there's the, the Texas Sprint Racing Series is running that weekend, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there's actual weekend, a race at NOLA before on the same weekend as the challenge. So I wonder just whether or not it's like, Hey, listen, we, we'd like to do that test weekend. And instead of, uh, instead of trying to run for the championship. Well, during our tent talk, we did tease them about that. We like, did hey, you know, they make, they do make planes where you can, you know, fly from Sonoma to NOLA, you know, after that weekend, but obviously they want, they want to get their data. They want to get everything in place ready to go for pro tour. So that effectively moves Hunter Pickett into the point lead over Kiriakosukas, who was a very impressive rookie debut driver uh, in Tucson. Jacob Gulick right in there as well. They have top three drivers separated by 65 points. Kind of opens the door for Pickett, as, Pickett to pull up, but Sukas was so good. Uh, one of the drivers that was not on my entry list when I was looking at it was Ryan Martin from CRG alongside um, 
uh, Ron White. But David, I think you, you confirmed that the Ryan actually will be there this coming weekend. Yeah, Ryan will be there this weekend. He sits now eighth in the championship behind Hannah Greenmeyer. Uh, another driver to watch, though, at it, racing at his home track, Micah Hendricks, sitting yeah. now in fourth in the championship. Uh, that that could he could be a factor. Only I'm trying to figure do my math here. Sixty six points out of uh, out of the uh, the championship lead. So right there behind Gulick in fourth. So. Micah could uh, come away with a couple of podiums, put himself in hunt. Uh, you know, if he picks up a couple of victories, that'll certainly uh, move him up the standings uh, at his home track. So that could be, he could be a factor moving forward along. Again, don't count out Ron White, the veteran. Uh, he loves that Phoenix racetrack very fast there at, at uh, every time he gets there too. Yeah. And I think uh, a couple other drivers, of course, to watch a couple of young ladies in the field as well with Hannah Greenmeyer and Macy Williams, both those drivers jumping over into the shifter cart category uh, after, you know, winning races in, uh, in single speed. We know of course, Hannah winning the Scusa pro tour championship last year. Uh, Macy was a winner in the senior rock class, I believe uh, last year on the challenge. And she's moved over with Christian bird motorsports uh, to uh, run in the, in the shifter class. So, I expect both of them to be a little bit quicker, even in, you know, obviously Hannah was there, uh, as was Macy. She was kind of into the top 10. Um, but I, I, li- I like the Hendricks pick because I'd, I'm wondering, I'd love to go up and down through here. Does anybody have more laps in the entire field at Phoenix than Micah Hendricks? You know, who else? Mm, Ron oh. White. <laughs> you think so? It's not his home racetrack, though, David. Like, it's literally. not, but think about all the different races that he's been there. Yeah, uh, you know, Scusa going back to the Scusa Pro Moto Tour back yeah, in the early 90s. He only went to Phoenix for like three years on that deal. And Stars never went there. I, I, I'd i love to find out. I, You look at you know, Hendricks or maybe a Cliff Cuella, too, right? Who basically. Yeah, I would say class. Cliff for sure, because I think Cliff was racing before Mike might have even been born. So. That's a potential. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah, I would say him. I, you know, a guy who's not on the entry list, Alan Rudolph. He might have more laps than a lot of these yeah, guys he, too. Yeah, but a lot uh, of schools there, that's for sure. uh, yeah, looking at the entry list, I would say Cliff probably. Uh, another one in, and we'll talk in senior rock is uh, where is he? Bailey Murphy. Yeah, Bailey Murphy. I'm sure so. Bailey's got a lot of laps there too. Yeah. Indeed. So yeah, the the, the senior rock shifter category is going to be strong. We mentioned a, a number of drivers. Uh, to watch. Uh, and again, all total 17 entries. Love to see a couple extra walk-ups to get that back up to 20. Uh, speaking of walk-ups, the one I would, I, I wish, because I, I know we're missing a couple of drivers, which is a shame. Uh, only 10 pre-entries in total for the Shifter Masters Rock category. Uh, Jimmy McNeil came in with the point lead, but uh, David, as we see right now, no Visalia racing on the, uh, on the entry list. Yeah, as of right now, they're not confirmed going. Uh, the, uh, the leader, Team Vizela, Daryl Tunnel is not going to be uh, available on the weekend. So I'm not sure if the team is going to be making it down without him or not. But as of right now, they are not uh, planning on attending. So it could be one of those last minute deals where they're like, let's go race and yeah, right. uh, and bring uh, uh, McNeil and Nick George, who are sitting one, two in the championship uh, down to compete. So that uh, in, in turns. When you look at entry list, the driver leading the championship right now, the track magic driver, Jonathan Vitalo. Yeah, but so Vitalo will move now into the, the the point lead coming off. It was a pretty steady weekend. Uh, both he and Fernando Diaz kind of ran together throughout that weekend in, inside the top five. Uh, Kevin Woods, sixth in points, your reigning champion, David, uh, coming out of 2021. Had a DNF in that opening round, but, but had a pretty good day in round number two. He'll... He, need, he needs a, an almost perfect weekend here to get himself back up into the fight. Well, that'll help if McNeil and George are not there because that'll put him fourth in the championship, puts Cliff Coella in the second position, and Fernando Diaz, who's not on the entry list as well, uh, in third. So it could move the Woods up into the third spot by the time we hit the racetrack Friday morning, which kind of helps him out, You know, as you said, in terms of the championship. Um, looking at last year's races, you know, Woods was a runner up, uh, or it finished up on, th- uh, had a best finish of third on the weekend as Michael Valiante and Cliff Coella ended up winning, uh, the main events and they were the, uh, the top two drivers. I think it was that Sunday main event that was a little bit in the wet where Cliff was able to get away. I think Valiante even sat out in the wet weather race. Uh, Nick Firestone, another driver with a lot of laps at yeah, the uh, yeah. at the Phoenix, but he's yeah. So he 
he could be a factor as well too on the weekend kind of throw in a uh uh you know be a wild card because he he all he actually sits uh behind woods in seventh overall so i think i think nick's gonna be a guy to beat i i i think he's gonna be in the front the front group i really do um, he had a bit of trouble in, in Tucson, but but had to have good overall speed. I think you're going to see he and Cliff Cuella be the two guys to beat Patolo. I don't know how much time Patolo has on the Phoenix layout. We know Kevin Woods has some time there. So look, I, I look for, for Firestone, Cuella, Patolo, and Woods to be really good. And the other driver, driver making his debut in the series this particular weekend, Alan Morte, uh, running with, with, with uh, Ron White Racing. I bet Alan's going to be a, a, a front runner too. He's, he's been a guy in past years in the master shifter class that has, uh, that has been in the hunt. So look for Morte in the 566 to be good. Too. Yeah. And the, in the regular masters category. And yeah. he's, I think just recently moved over to shifter last year. So yeah, he could be, he could be another wild card. Yeah. That's my thought there too. Uh, all right, folks, there's your preview of the masters and uh, senior shifter rock classes. When we get back after this break, we'll go into straight rock. We'll go masters rock, senior rock and junior rock more to come. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network's EKN Outlap as uh, we are doing a deep dive into a, a preview of the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the America Series in Phoenix, Arizona. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. David, this one's actually going to be pretty quick because a little bit to talk about in Masters. Not much in senior and junior. Uh, in the Masters class, seven pre-entries in total. And uh, man, all you got to say right now is Derek Wang. Three-time defending uh, Challenge of the Americas champion in Masters Rock and flat dominated the action in Tucson as well, looking like he's going to line up for four straight championships. Yeah, he uh, he was challenged a little bit uh, in certain parts of the weekend, but really nobody had anything for him uh, in the long run. So he ended up with maximum points leaving the weekend and going into Phoenix, another racetrack that he's done really well at. But Billy Cleveland, a uh, driver with a lot of laps at Phoenix as well to you and, and has the experience and could possibly be uh, able to give Derek Wang a little bit of a challenge on the weekend. Christopher Mann was the... 
essentially the top driver in the, in the uh, aside from Derek Wang uh, over the weekend as he left as the uh, driver in second place in the championship ahead of Cleveland. So man and Cleveland going to have to really put on the pressure to uh, to Derek Wang in order to be uh, in the championship when we get to, uh, to Sonoma. Otherwise, it could be a, a clinching weekend for Derek Wang. Derek, indeed. Yeah, and two no-shows. Uh, we don't have uh, Paul Bonilla on the list. And, and indeed, David, I know you mentioned him before, but but David Pergandi, not on my list, is a d- doing double duty. I don't know that he's going to do Masters Rock. Yeah, I didn't confirm the Pergande thing, but did confirm Bonilla will not be there. Uh, Ed Quinn is taking his spot under the JH Motorsports tent uh, for the weekend. So, yeah, I did not confirm Pergande. I know Pergande is racing in the 100cc division, so possibly eliminating the uh, the double duty action to kind of focus on the one category. I don't see uh, Steve Wiener on there either, which is kind of a surprise after being a Tucson. Yeah, he's kind of a you know hit and miss kind of driver. Uh, possibly might be an at track entry as well too. So we'll uh, we'll have to see on that. Let's do a quick run through, David, in the senior and uh, junior rock. We'll, I'll just g- grab junior rock really quickly. Only one pre entry, Tristan Young, who was the champion last year. Uh, obviously, won you know as the only driver won both races. Essentially, he's just getting out there banging some laps to get his ticket to go to the uh, the Rock Super Final in October. Yeah, and then in the senior, senior rock division, we'll actually have three drivers, all local, from the Phoenix, Arizona area. Uh, Bailey Murphy, a familiar name with the Challenging America, is a, a multi-time racer with the series. Uh, Carson Bowers and Jonathan Newdorf are the uh, the other two entries. So they'll all be racing on comp carts powered by the Rock GP engine. So it'll be a trio of them going at it. And uh, maybe we'll see a couple walk-ups in that category as well, too. I was just thinking, you know, maybe we'll get a couple walk-ups. You got three on there. Three could be five. Five could be seven. You never know what happens when uh, when the numbers start to roll in. <clears throat> so, again, the, the straight Rock class, um, not quite uh, what we expected, of course, or would have hoped for. But, again, we talked about it early that that's really kind of uh, – kind of a, a trend right now on the West coast that there's just not a lot of drivers uh, in that hundred C 125 CC liquid cooled tag program. And when you don't have drivers, it's hard to build the momentum on that. A lot of momentum, of course, on the East coast, big numbers, uh, but just not having that here. Another quick break. We get back where there is momentum and where there are numbers is hundred CC, the air cooled categories that are really taking the West coast to my storm and really all of, uh, all of the United States as well. Uh, so when we get back, we'll do Senior, Junior, and Master 100cc. This Outlap Preview Podcast of the Challenge of the Americas event in Phoenix continuing after this quick break. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shifter car drivers are at the front of the field running the GFC GT14 frame, and the SS31 has become a solid contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the Mini and Micro classes, utilizing the GFC RR5 Cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years of racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram, or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2021. GFC, live your passion. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price 
when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Back live here on the EKN Radio Network, Rob Howden alongside David Cole doing our Outlap Preview podcast of the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas in Phoenix, Arizona this coming weekend. Uh, David Cole will be solo. I'm here in uh, St. Petersburg right now already for the opening rounds of the IndyCar and Road to Indy series. So not able to be out there at uh, at Phoenix, which uh, kind of cheeses me off because uh, they changed the schedule and I was going to be able to be there, and I'm not, so I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be in Sonoma. Uh, David, 24 pre-entries in, in the Senior 100cc class. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of big names, a lot of strong drivers in the category. Liam Letch, of course, last year's champion, but it was Jake Drew who came out so strong for GFC with a couple of wins sweeping the action at Tucson. But only comes in, even even sweeping, only comes in with an 18-point lead over Kiriakosukas. Well, it wasn't a sweep. Uh, did not get the pre-final win. It was I a agree. disqualification uh, on round one for, I believe it was Squish, as a number of other competitors were. So it did sweep the main events uh, on the weekend, but it wasn't a complete sweep when you look at it in terms of championship points. Not a perfect uh, so- weekend. Yes, not a perfect weekend. So that allowed Sukis, Kiriakis Sukis, to be able to be only 18 points out of the championship lead with a second and a third place finish in the main events. But again, bonus points. He had fast time, was qual- credited for fast time and qualifying on Saturday. And so that kind of helps, you know, bridge the gap a little bit there. Uh, Jacob Hoover was kind of right there all weekend long. He picked up a third place on Saturday, nearly made the podium on Sunday as well, too. So he's only 39 points back. And so that, you know, those are essentially the top three drivers in the championship heading into the weekend. David, you you brought three names up. We'll we'll dive into a couple more after this, but I think one of the most interesting that I saw on here was British driver Oliver Hodgson will be competing uh, for J3 competition this weekend. Yeah, I wonder how much 100cc racing he has. I know it's a little bit of a fad in in the UK, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, obviously we've seen him do a lot of tag 125 racing here in the United States and obviously back home and abroad. Uh, so we'll, you know, and then he's been doing a lot of testing with, with J3 at Phoenix, you know, doing, you know, uh, driver coaching and this and that, uh, at Phoenix. So he's got a lot of laps there. So I certainly see him as a possible contender and wildcard on the weekend. That's something to bring up a little bit too. Any drivers on the comp cart product or with J3 competition, uh, obviously, they have an outpost there now in Phoenix with uh, Justin Stefani now living in Scottsdale. So they do a lot more work at Phoenix than they would have in the past. So it could be interesting to see how the comp car drivers do kind of plays over to the forward direction motorsports team on the comp carts as well. Uh, they may have I don't, I'm not sure, I don't know that I would say it, a leg up, but, you know, maybe a good good window for the comp car drivers. Um, you may, we mentioned Hodgson. We talked about Hoover already. Uh, talked about Sukis and, of course, Drew. Liam Letch, I think, uh, you know, a driver again who will be in the fight, David, for sure, and uh, and and likely likely a guy like Josh Campbell too. I think that uh, you know another Arizona driver with lots of time on Phoenix. Yeah, Letch obviously coming in as a defending champion, kind of you know has the idea of what needs to be done. Uh, was kind of a you know a top five driver all weekend long in Tucson, ended up leaving fifth in the championship, so still in the hunt a little bit. Going to need uh, some podium finishes in Phoenix, certainly to help him boost himself back up. I want. I'm looking back at last year's re- last year's results, and he actually won this, the the uh, the main event on Sunday, finished second on Saturday. So Phoenix might be the racetrack for him to uh, to get back into the championship hunt. Uh, last but not least, I'll bring I'll throw uh, Lainey Benjamin's name in the fight as well. Uh, I think uh, I think she looked pretty good in Tucson. I think she'll be a, a factor. As well, top ten for sure, maybe top five as well. Um, here in the the hundred cc senior class, yeah, I think she did really well in in her senior debut in Tucson. So uh, you know, got got that first weekend under her belt. So possibly, sure. you know, the room for improvement going into Phoenix. I like it. Uh, let's move now into the junior hundred cc class. Twenty six pre entries in total. We just talked about Lainey Benjamin. She was the hundred cc junior champion last year, uh, but. Two drivers that really came out of the gate were able to get wins uh, at Tucson. Alexander Gonzalez, and of course, that big win for the Track Magic GFC driver, Preston Lambert. 
Gonzalez does have the the, uh, the point lead, David, coming into Phoenix. Only 16 points ahead of Cooper Eau Claire, who had a really consistent overall weekend in Tucson. And then a driver with a lot of lap time at uh, Phoenix as well. Parker DeLong, just 24 points back. Yeah, this championship has actually nine drivers within 100 points heading wow. into this weekend. Uh, and I want to say all nine are, are on the entry list. I, I'm just confirming real quick. Yeah, and all nine are on the entry list. So this, you know, this was a category we saw the championship go down to the wire with Laney Benjamin squeaking it out there in the uh, in Sonoma last year. So I think this is going to be one of those as well, because we talk about, you know, J3 having a home there at, at PKRA. Cooper O'Claire is a home track driver mm-hmm. coming in second in the championship. Didn't. Didn't pick up a victory, but earned a podium finish in round one in Tucson. So, and then Parker DeLong on the podium in round two in Tucson. So, both of those drivers have local knowledge of the racetrack. So, they they could have the kind of upper hand going into the weekend, uh, knowing you know exactly how to uh, to set up for the racetrack and in, in different. Although it's not that cold <laughs> in Phoenix, so it could be it could be a different uh, type of scenario for them that they're not, that they're not used to. So uh, we'll see kind of how that plays out. But again, yeah, nine drivers within a hundred points. Yeah, and the top five within just forty-seven. I mentioned Gonzalez, O'Claire, and DeLong within twenty-four. Christian Cameron only back by thirty-five, and Preston Lambert, uh, winner of the second race in Tucson, only forty-seven points back. David, any other names other than those top five kind of jump out at you as, as ones you, you expect to be watching up front? Uh, no, not really. I know we know Rocky Moran and uh, is again making the jump up to junior this year, so he'll be uh, he's get he got that first weekend under his belt. So we'll see if he's able to improve. Uh, I don't see uh, what's the name I'm looking for, John Antonino. I don't see. Oh, there he he's, is. There's. Yeah, the I just had to scroll top. up. He's yeah, another yeah. one that's moved. That's moving up. So uh, yeah. So we'll see if there. I know Antonino was in the hunt there on Sunday. We in that wild, that wild finish was actually involved in contact with uh, Stephen Isert. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's that's the other one I was going to bring up. Of course, yeah. Antonino for uh, Race Factory Delta Sport. And Steven Eisert for Speed Sense Motorsports. Those were the other two, I think, that I had on here that I was like, you know what? Yeah, you, you know, Chappie's going to be talking about these guys for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, if if both can kind of rebound from that, uh, uh, you know, unfortunate incident that they had in the last corner uh, on Sunday in Tucson, and uh, kind of trying to, you know, steer the ship uh, the right way in Phoenix. Uh, I'd look for probably Tristan Young as well to potentially be in the as a as a top ten driver. There's a lot. Yeah, of guys Tristan up, right? Tristan Young sitting six in the points. Charlie Smith in seventh. Jackson Glenn Denning in eighth, and then Keegan Kamit, Kaminsky, Kaminsky in ninth. So Kaminsky, yes, correct. Sorry, all within hundred points. All within hundred points. So uh, and then there's others that are right there close too. So uh, again, uh, you know, Phoenix is going to be a really big uh, impact in the championship, whether a driver can kind of stand out that's already at the front right now, or somebody that can kind of inch their way towards the top with a, a good two rounds in Phoenix. Exactly. Who, you know, who, who from outside the top five steps up and gets on the podium a couple of times or grabs a race win or something. Indeed, this will de- definitely be that turning point as it always is in the challenge of the America season. Uh, into 100 CC senior Mike Smith, who was the 2021 champion, of course, not racing this year uh, in the series, 10 entries in total, Dominant driver, essentially dominant driver in Tucson was Ian Kunches. He was not on the entry list that I've looked at. I assume he's probably coming, but just wasn't I on have, the entry list. I have confirmed he will be there. Uh, he will with, be there. Uh, FDM has confirmed that he will be there. Just missed out on pre-registration. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you a joke offline about that. <laughs> I like it. I, like, I can't wait. I'm excited now. Uh, David Pergandi was pretty quick for JH Motorsports as well. Josh Huff's team. Uh, Pergandi, just 39 points back. Mike Weatherman. Uh, came back strong on uh, on Sunday after battling some issues on Saturday. He's only 48 points back. I know Mike really excited about being able to come up to the challenge with uh, Forward Direction Motorsports. Those are the top three drivers in the points, David. Uh, anybody else? Well, you know who, who else I'll bring up that was pretty good, uh, to, just probably didn't get the podium. He, he maybe probably deserved at one point would have been Preston Newberry because Preston had a really strong weekend in Tucson. Yeah, I was going to bring up Brett Harrelson and Preston yeah. Newberry. They are sitting fourth and fifth in the championship. Again, only 64 points out of the lead. So again, Preston missed out on the podium both days. Certainly had the pace to be there. Was quickest 
driver in qualifying on Sunday. So obviously had the pace, just didn't get the race luck uh, in, in his in his favor. Obviously, a little bit of a spin in the prefinal on Sunday didn't help as well. Uh, yeah, so I could see, you know, again, there's five different drivers there that have the opportunity to, to land on the podium. It's a matter of who's able to uh, to come away with it. And obviously in Tucson, Ian Kunches was that driver to do it twice along with Brigande. So, uh, yeah, could we could see a little bit of a mix up in the championship in this category as well, too. So that's it for the 100cc categories. Final break in this edition of the EKN Outlap. We'll come back with our look at Mini Rock and Micro Rock and wrap things up here before David heads out to Phoenix. Stay tuned, folks. We'll finish this one off after this last break. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With Force Cycle Racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in brakes and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models, for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. We don't just drive trucks because they're dependable workhorses that let us tackle icy roads all winter and tow a boat on the summer weekends. We also drive trucks because they're fun. And the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is a truck tire made with fun in mind. Like any Cooper tire, the Rugged Trek is designed to do everything you need it to do. It's got stone blockades to protect your tires off-road and whisper grooves for smooth, quiet street driving. But with its in-your-face design, like the dual sidewalls that let you choose between two aggressive looks, the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is also a tire that shows off your truck's wild side. It's the tire that's off-road party on the outside and dependable all-purpose Cooper design on the inside. Learn more at coopertire.com. Go with the Coopers. Welcome back to the Ken Radio Networks. Thanks for staying with us. Hopefully you're listening to this at home or potentially as many people do, downloading it to your phone and being able to listen to it uh, on the way to work, on the way home, whatever it may be. Perfect carding content for your commute to and from work. Uh, Rob Howard alongside David Cole as we wrap up our preview of the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas, which will take place this coming weekend in Phoenix, Arizona at the uh, legendary PKRA facility. Uh, David, all told... Um, pretty strong run of what we got like 24, I think in the cadet category, which is great. It's continues to grow on the challenge. 19 pre-entries in the mini rock class. Uh, we talked about John Antonino in the hundred CC junior uh, class. He had moved up after winning the championship last year, a couple of different winners in Tucson, both Gage Corn and Ashton Woon able to get victories, but it's, it was Mateo Quinto who uh, came away with the point lead, but by only one marker over Turner Brown and only six 
over Ashton Wound. This is the tightest championship battle that we have right now going into round three and four. Yeah, especially with the top 11 in points separated by under 100 markers. So as you said, Quinto leading the championship, he's the only driver to land on the podium both days. So he's the driver that uh, was able to capitalize in Tucson and put himself at the top of the championship chase. But as you said, Turner Brown only one point back with Ashton Wound, six points out of the first spot to separate the top three. Uh, all told, uh, we'd say 45 points separating your top uh, top five drivers. I, I think it's, again, this this is Tucson's Tucson, Phoenix is Phoenix. One of the things about the drivers in the in the cadet categories is I always think that maybe the challenge of a racetrack is, you know, they're so young sometimes that if a track is significantly different, one driver may be really good at one track and maybe struggle a little bit. I think that Phoenix is probably a little more technical, not quite as wide open as uh, – um, uh, right? Yeah, but it's it's cadet racing. You know, they're just flat. They're flat. Yeah, but I, I, still th- I still think the technicalities of racetracks. Yeah, we've seen we've seen that where a driver will be amazing one track and be maybe tenth the next track. I, I don't. What, I'm, not what saying, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying there's a possibility for what it. What I do remember from last year at Phoenix was we had a lot of drivers in the lead group. There was a lot of different contenders, especially early on. I think as the race went on later, that kind of separated you know, the cream of the crop and and you had, you know, a couple drivers who, who really stood out. So I expect to see that because we saw the same thing in Tucson where a number of different drivers were in the mix all weekend long. I think we'll kind of see the same thing again in Tucson. But like you said, we'll probably see at the end of the main event, again, we're talking how many laps did I say 16 for the main events? Uh, I'm looking up, up here. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, 16 for the main events. So that's a, that's a long it's a long yeah. race. So, you know, Tucson, Agreed. again, flowing racetrack. Phoenix, a little bit more demanding. So, you know, we'll, we'll I think we'll probably see a few drivers be able to kind of break away towards the end of the main events. But again, that's if, you know, they kind of stay in line because you know, the more they race, the more the field stays together. So um, it's a difference of uh, the way the the drivers end up racing each other. Uh, two drivers we didn't mention uh, I expect will be there, uh, Gage Corn being one of them for Race Factory. Uh, the other being Nico Serfati. Nico has showed some speed, showed really good speed actually in Tucson, but just wasn't able to translate that into uh, in a, in the into podium finishes. So I think Serfati and Corn will be in there. David, anybody else? You mentioned eleven drivers in total within hundred points. Yeah, Corn sitting sixth in the championship. Uh, so he, again, that victory on Saturday, and then a, a uh, broken bumper on Sunday, which took him out of the lead. Oh, that's right. Uh, so that, that was the uh, that's that could be his drop race that round two. So. Um, expected to see him bounce back and try and get himself felt closer, which he's only what 58 points out of the lead. So yeah. And Nico Servati, that's another driver again, was quick, had fast time in qualifying on Saturday, just did not have, uh, any racing luck the rest of the weekend. So, uh, again, looking for another bounce back. Uh, I would expect to see Jackson Porter again, a driver making the jump up from micro to mini, but it's his home racetrack. So very com- more, more comfortable at this circuit, but, uh, certainly showed well, uh, in Tucson all weekend long being right there, uh, in the battle right outside in the top five. Uh, let's, let's go to, to micro rock right now. I know that the, that micro rock and mini rock run together on the track in the, in, in the, the challenge of the America's five drivers in total, David, uh, Jackson Porter just mentioned him as the champion. Uh, the guy that out of the gate strong was super good at, uh, at Tucson was Casey Hodge, a couple of wins for him. Luca Papasquew, 39 points back in second and Julian Sanchez, uh, 56 points back in total. Uh, what else you got for, for, for micro rock? Yeah, no Luca on the entry list. So we'll have to see if he's a walk Ooh. up, uh, okay. Julian Sanchez will be there. Uh, they have Rocco Simone on the entry list once again. So we'll have to see he's able, if he's able to make the trek over from Florida to compete at peak Uh, two new drivers for the year, Cam Becker, uh, on the race factory and then Paxton Romero with, uh, FDM aboard the comp cart. Good stuff, folks. There you go. There's your uh, preview of both the uh, mini and micro rock categories. David, that wraps things up essentially um, for our Outlaw Preview podcast. Of course, you'll be heading out there on Thursday uh, to Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, to join the, the family there at the Challenge of the Americas. We will take an opportunity. Again, I won't be there, like I said, but it's it's awesome to see that Tim Chapman is going to be back trackside. Of course, Tim having to go undergo some some health issues, but fantastic to have him back. 
yeah, get to go get to work with Chappie again. Great. To, you're going to be great just to see him at the racetrack uh, again, as you said, coming, uh, getting over some, uh, some health issues. And uh, so he'll be, it'll be great to see him and be able to chit chat and, and have him, uh, you know, again, he'll be happy back home on the mic. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, again, being in Phoenix, get some in and out burger, get some <laughs> good tacos, get some good, everything in phoenix good weather everything that's it man everything you get out get out of michigan for another weekend spring is just <laughs> around the corner uh leave the snowblower in the uh uh in the garage and, and get on a plane and get 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 somewhere warm should be fu- awesome those of you who won't be trackside of course you can always listen live on ecardinews.com slash live we're also streaming it on the ekn radio network if you have the app on your phone you'll be able to stream through that as well Always follow us on all our social media platforms and the hashtags we use, hashtag EKN at Coda, hashtag PKRA, and hashtag Let's Rock. That'll allow you to follow everything we do. Uh, of course, David will be posting on you know top tens as usual on Facebook and Twitter. A lot of content, maybe you know more organic, more fun stuff uh, over on the IG uh, Instagram platform as well. And David, are you still planning? On, are we doing an interview? Are we doing a, are we doing a tent talk? Yeah, we're looking at. I'm going to work out the details a little bit today and tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll we'll have a little bit more information either either Thursday afternoon or Friday morning on a, on a possible tent talk uh, Friday evening. There he is, folks. Wrapping things up here for the EK and Outlap, the Challenge of the Americas hitting its halfway point of the 2022 season this coming weekend in Phoenix, rounds three and round four. All full coverage on the EK and Radio Network, and of course. Our EK and Trackside Live program brought to you by Cooper Tires. Big thank you to Peril and USA for being our uh, presenting sponsor of this particular podcast. Again, look at to Peril and USA for their top quality equipment and material. And again, uh, we thank uh, everyone for tuning in. On behalf of David Cole, folks, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>